Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armin. And I want to start off by saying thank you to the people who sent me such kind messages after after the last episode. Again, it's it's uh, it's hard to think of things to say that aren't I'm sorry for what happened, but I appreciate all of those things too because they're true and I know you mean them. And uh, I got some nice messages about like things that people have done uh, that are makey during grief. So that was really nice. Uh, and shifting tone here because I have no idea how to get out of... of- <laughs> Of, of that pocket. I did something for the first time today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I set up pre-orders on my website Oh, for oh. a specific thing because I, a couple of years ago, I made um, a cauldron mug for somebody with like green drippies on them. And I've always felt like I wanted to come back to that. So I made a couple, like, I don't know, a month ago or something because I was thinking they would be for, for Halloween. And they have rolled rims and little feet to stand on and, you know, nice little handles. And I posted them and people went wild for them, which was really nice. So I decided to, because I I got sick, uh, just cold, but it sucked. So I didn't get a chance to put them up right away, but I put them up on my website. And then I was like, I'm not, I'm going to try something. I'm not just going to make a ton more and then they won't sell because sometimes that happens. You know, everyone goes, oh, I love this. I want one. And then they don't actually buy it. So I set up a limited number pre-order. So yeah, like, that's what I was just going to ask. I was going to like, okay, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so I, I set up originally just like 15 and then I was like, okay, eight of the of a smaller size and eight of a larger size because people have preferences. And um, I've already sold two of the three pre-made ones and I think now I have three or four pre-orders and it's been like a couple of hours. So that's nice. That's great. But it's because it is kind of scary to just be like, I mean, also now I have to do it. Uh, but it's a good compromise, I think, between like making sure you have a huge stock of stuff and uh, not having to have things that then never sell just because people said that they liked them. So it's like a good little sort of I don't know, market research thing. So I think I might also put up pre-orders for the tentacle mugs, Ooh. but... I will probably have to wait until after Christmas because I have a bunch of markets during December. Uh, and if I have to make sure that I can fulfill those orders and also build up stock for the markets, the the cauldrons are faster to make. So like I can not bang out, but I can make more of those uh, faster. So I might, I'm thinking about doing like a a brief like Christmas pre-order for tentacle mugs Mm -hmm. if people want to buy Christmas presents, but probably again, like a limited number. It feels very like, ooh, this is something real, real proper people do. It's it's pretty cool because it's almost like commissions, but not quite, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because like you get to choose what you are making. So you don't have to be on like the whims of someone else's design, but at the same time, you're kind of like, it's like a, it's like a personal Kickstarter, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you get to fulfill orders because you know how much demand there is. And I think that that's a really cool way to do it. It's something I definitely probably want to do in the future also. Um, well, to piggyback on your news, um, I'm setting up a website. Cool. Uh, So that's brand new. And I'm also because I'm all nervous about online sales and American sales tax and all that kind of BS and jazz that I need to deal with. I'm also set up like an LLC and I have to get a credit card. And so like that way, all payments and stuff like are super legit. You know, that's the way a business grows, right? So I felt like 
if I'm starting a website and it's so public and like right there, I really can't like skirt the issue anymore. It's a whole a whole adventure. Uh, I'm, I feel I'm proud like, of you, Tiff. Oh, thanks. I'm <laughs> proud of you too. Like, there's. A, can you imagine, like, when we started this show, how we spoke about the stuff we made and the art we did? I mean, you were still doing markets and you had your website and everything, but like, looking at like kind of where we are now, where you're like teaching and I'm setting up a website, like, and <laughs> calling myself like artist words. Uh, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of amazing. And you're like charging actual prices for your thing. Okay, that, that sounded weird. But like, you're not just like, oh, I need to ba- make back material. So you're like, no, this is a piece of art. And it is worth actual uh, money for goods and services, uh, like actual, <laughs> actual art money, which I yeah. think is also very cool. I mean, that's a that is a tricky hurdle to get over. And we've talked about it multiple times on the show um, about pricing and all that. And it, it still makes me nervous. Like sometimes I just think like, <laughs> ooh, should I lower that? Like, ooh, this one didn't come out as nice. Should I charge less for it? And it's like, no, stop it. It, it looks great. Like you're a perfectionist, you know, and just telling yourself to charge what you should charge. And it makes I know you probably this isn't our topic for today, but still like when you're in person with someone judging your prices versus the Internet judging your prices, it's so different. People on the Mm -hmm. Internet are like if they like your stuff, they're like, all right, here, because you're reaching such like a larger audience. When you grab people at markets, you get the people that like don't care what it costs because they just want it or they appreciate it. And but then you get a lot more judgment of like, oh, that's expensive. You know, like <laughs> you it, that you get a lot more personal judgment, whereas on the internet, you never see the people that are saying it's expensive. They just don't even show. Yeah, because you get both sides on both sides, I guess, because on the internet, like you're saying, you have a much bigger audience and people like click through and it can be easier to just like, you know, you click buy. Um, but at a market, you get people or like you're saying on the internet, you don't you don't have to stand there while they're holding it and like fight your own inner inner force to be like I can give you five dollars off please buy it yeah exactly. you don't have that on the internet <laughs> but in person you know they're touching it and then it's easier to fall in love with something that you can see and especially I'm imagining with glass things even with really good pictures and I've seen the stuff you're photographing like obviously you've worked with with photography but like certain things are a little bit flatter. In a 2D, oh, I, sound, yeah. I sound brilliant right now in a 2D picture. But you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> with the market, just A, being able to see new things of it, but also B, just holding it in your hand makes you a little bit more likely to fall in love with it, right? I also feel better selling people stuff that they've seen as opposed to like shipping it out on the internet. Because it's like, yeah, you can take really flattering pictures of anything. And then when it shows up and you're like this isn't what I ordered or we talked about this before. It's a different size or it's not as great quality as I imagined it to be because there was a shadow, right? Like, but in real life, it's like, eh, if you like it, you're going to buy it. Even if it looks crazy to me, you bought it and you like it walking away. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, you know, like, oh, my screen is calibrated differently or it was on night mode. So everything was yellow or anywhere. Uh, Another small piece of news is that I might uh, possibly uh, be doing a, an art show uh, after the new year in an art collective. Whoa, like a gallery mm-hmm. show? Yeah. Like a art, like big art, like 
little white, you know, little white room pedestals of, of art. Something like that. Whoa, that's awesome. They have different kinds of like exhibits. And I'll, it might be that I share the space with one other artist during like one or two weekends. Are they going to pass around cheap wine and like little cheese cubes on sticks for opening night? Because that's when you know it's real. If they don't, I'm bringing cheap box <laughs> wine. <laughs> like You're my own pass cheese around sticks. wine and be like, welcome to my art. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been looking at actually, uh, I mean, this is kind of funny. This uh, summer, my, my niece got married and we were in a region of Stockholm that is, you know, our, uh, I don't know what you call it, like the, the ceramics capital of, of Sweden, just traditionally, they've done, done a lot of things there. And we went to this place that's both uh, a shop and a museum. And we found these amazing little ceramic robots, like they're I don't know, Barbie height, like they're the ones that we were looking at. And it's this really fun artist. I'll, I'll post a picture uh, in the show notes or on Instagram. We just fell in love with it. And we were like, ooh, are we, are we going to buy art? Are we, are we art collectors? It was just so fun. Uh, and then recently a, a sort of a documentary reality type series on, on Swedish public television about... Uh, ceramics and throwing pottery and he was in the first episode so I was like "Ooh, I've been throwing clay since before it was cool and I bought this piece of art right before it became nationally famous <laughs> um, but he is also part of an artist of a ceramics ceramicists collective mm-hmm. in in Stockholm and they're looking for new members and I'm kind of considering it the only thing is that you have to be able to promise to provide a certain like number of inventory because you mm-hmm. work a couple of days a month and they take a commission or it's even the other way around like you pay a membership fee and then you also can get a commission of everything that sells in the collective regardless of whether it's yours anyway but you have to be able to promise like deliver a certain amount of inventory every month and right now with with my energy levels being with what they are i'm wobbling back and forth but it's so weird to just be like oh these these art collectives i might actually you know feel up to not up to energy wise just up to like soul wise or skill, like skill wise i don't know confidence wise yeah, like bravery yeah. wise <laughs> and that's uh that's scary and my my uh, my imposter syndrome is uh doing a little tap dance but, uh, <laughs> well you've leveled up like that's what happened you are now and like you've gradually climbed the like little level ladder of artistry and it's like you know you practiced and then you had like you know you did your little you did sales to like people you know or you gave things as gifts first and then you did sales and then you did the website and now you're like doing teaching stuff and now you're like so it's like there's so it's like once you conquer each level you can kind of like you know check out peek over the hill like oh what's up here what's happening over on this like you know you're ready for something else and it's cool that you are taking your pottery and like leveling it up because i don't i know for me whenever i get to like a certain level of something i'm like okay i'm done with this guy and like i'm moving on to the next thing and i never feel like i mean just my brain i just stop getting like the good you know serotonin hits of like ooh, this is new and fun and interesting and i'm like ready for the next thing that's new and fun and interesting um like it just stops being interesting it's not that it's hard or i panic or anything like that it's just like okay i'm done and then i move on to something else uh i've always done that i think so far glass is like lasted longest it's been I was more gonna than, say you, it's only been a year though <laughs> i mean that's not that's not nothing but yeah but yeah so i think that that's really cool and that's like that's a lot of dedication but it's it's also it's great for you to keep it 
interesting for yourself because you're you're moving up each of these levels even though each time it feels a little scary it's still mm-hmm. like a really great thing to be branching out um i know you know there's a lot of people that will pick a level and like happily sit at that level for a long time for their whole life which is or, totally cool exactly that's what I'm, I'm not judging it at all i'm just saying like that's just <laughs> one way to go and then but you are um you're exploring new areas and i think that that's uh that's really brave of you yeah, check back in in a couple of months when I've gone splat now. Uh, <laughs> actually, that, that robot is a, is a good segue to the actual topic for today, uh, because we wanted to talk about like different kinds of art and quote unquote, maybe art in our homes for inspiration, because we've talked about like, what, what do we keep around us? And like, do you consider yourself like an art collector? Um. I kind of do because since I've started like trying to buy original works from people in order to support them because I believe in supporting art because I want people to support my art, I have kind of gotten on the kick of anytime I see something I like, I want to purchase it from that artist. You know, like I won't just go and get like a print from a big box store. If I want something in my house, I'll like go find an artist or a place that I've like, I like someone's work Mm -hmm. and I will bring that into my home. So, and, and that's, is one of those things that's like, I like supporting someone that's doing something that like I can't do, or I don't have the time to do, or I just know that like, I'm not going to be as good at this because I'm not as practiced as this person. So I really, I enjoy purchasing other people's arts, but I wouldn't say that I'm a collector because I don't buy like big famous people's art. You're not like strategic, a strategic collector. No, no, I'm an emotional collector. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in in the sense that like, you buy things that you like and want to display in your house. But do you ever think like, do you have things that are around in your house that are kind of there, sort of consciously for inspiration because i was thinking about this when when we were sort of preparing for for this episode and i think i got super philosophical i was like is everything inspiration is that why i have colors around me um but i I tried to think of like what do i buy that specifically like inspires me and like this this robot it's just it's such a funny and weird little thing to make out of clay and it's one of the first like real art pieces that I've bought. Like I have some sculptures that I've inherited or been given, you know, stuff like that. And I have a few pieces of, of wall art, like prints or, or paintings that I've bought. But this is like a, a thing. And for some reason right now, like a, a thing, like a 3D standing thing that you have to put somewhere feels so much more like, ooh, I bought a piece of art. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because I have so many paintings on my walls that I don't think of them necessarily in the same way. And I don't know if it's also because like we joke sometimes about, you know, having actual pedestals for art in your home. Like you're you're super rich, you know, and, and next to your grand piano that nobody plays in this huge windowed overlooking <laughs> Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like that kind of sort of welcome to my crib house mm-hmm. that has like art standing in places that I would never dare because I would knock it over right away. But do you know what I mean? Like having something that's a thing that is standing on something feels very much like, ooh, we are now collecting art. Yeah, I guess I don't have anything 
quite like that. I have like paintings and prints and there's definitely some pieces that I have that I just wanted to have and I don't have them hanging up anywhere. I just wanted them. Um, There's also a difference between hanging it in my like the home that my family and I share versus like the personal space that I would have. I feel like those are two very different things. Like the stuff that I like, like, I don't know, like cool paintings of like vampire girls. Like that's not really (laughs) going to be up in my family's home, but it would totally be up in my studio, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's two different things. There's stuff that like is very much me. And then there's stuff that's like the family me, if that make it. Does that make sense? Do you have something like that? Oh, absolutely. Like I have stuff that. I mean, some of it is just like this is, you know, in, in my in my study, in my workroom, I have stuff up, you know, like Hilda prints or um, a little line cut of a typewriter that are just like, well, they make sense for me here. They make me happy here. You know, they're, they're little like inspirations in that sense that they're almost like, I don't know, aspirational or just like motivational, happy things. I wouldn't necessarily want them out as art art in my living room but I like having them around me when I'm working sometimes I feel like a a bad wife because I was like this huge framed Zelda poster like the video game I don't want it in the living room I'm sorry I'm a stereotype (laughs) Um, I would actually really dig that (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean like uh, cause we both came into this, this, uh, relationship and household with a lot of art. Like, you know, Pontus's grandmother was a painter and also, you know, loved art. And I can't, and it's just, there's only so much actual wall space. So we do have to compromise a lot. And I like big art pieces, but I do not live in a big art piece sized house. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know. So I, for some reason, I started thinking, like, say say that you had your own, like, studio apartment, not in like a, ooh, you know, divorce or none of this ever happened. Just like if you imagined yourself being like, oh, I'm a cool city girl who has her own. How how much stuff would you like have up or have out that's already stuff that that you don't now or like even if you don't own it? But like as a concept, do you think your home would be super different? Oh, yeah, aside totally. From fewer Legos. It would it would be. No, there would still be Just Legos. Vampire girls. Everywhere. I definitely, I, I definitely buy myself <laughs> Legos, <laughs> and I really Fair like enough. making Legos. Um, but I, uh, no, I think it would be different. It would be, I would have a lot more like darker art, uh, a lot more like nudes and more. I don't know, like just. It would be very emo. <laughs> it would be very emo. Like I would I would totally um you know lean into that a lot more than I would in like a family home. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't know, like I feel like that is so much more me than what I want to present to like a, a like a calm home environment. Like the stuff I I still love everything in my home and it's still also me. But it's just like the uh, the public facing side of me as opposed to like <laughs> the creepy art side of me, which belongs in like its own little cave. Well, I, I think also <laughs> like if if you are, you know, an aging emo, I include myself in that. But you know, what I mean, like for us having the darker art or the emo stuff, 
isn't stressful. Like it's basically calming to see blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's because it's part of our sort of aesthetic and personality. But if you're not into that, that is not a calming environment to no. come into just like vampires everywhere. And that's where you maybe do want to be like, okay, I want this to be comfortable both for all the people in my family and for possible guests. Oh, exactly. Exactly. I don't want to feel embarrassed about what I have on my walls. Like that feeling of like someone else coming into your space and you're embarrassed about it. That is like a more prevalent feeling when you're talking about like your your outward facing home environment versus if you have like, you know, more of a personal space or a studio or you live on your own or something like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that that's a it's a different um different choices and especially when you live with somebody right like yeah you you make a choice because you you like them so you want them to also feel comfortable (laughs) and so you know you you make choices based on that and it's not saying that like it's any kind of compromise it's it's just a a different side that you decide to like you know bring out and and spend time around for some reason now i'm getting a vision of like having paintings uh, or art that are like two paintings stuck together back to back that hang ma- magnetically. So you can just like <laughs> flip them depending on who's coming over. Yeah, I'm exactly. sure that exists. And if it doesn't, I'm patenting it right now. I think because I was thinking about like how different would my home be. And I think it's possible that I would have periods of just like, oh, nothing on the walls. I need just like lots of color and nothing that's like art. Uh, but I also think I would want tons of art and then I would want to do tons of weird murals and then I'd be like, but I can't put up all the big art over the murals or do the murals just snake around in between the, the, I don't know. I think I would have a lot more color. I get that way too. I get like tons of color, no color, tons of stuff, no (laughs) stuff. Like I just, I've, every time I get tired of one thing, I like change up to the other thing. And it's the same with my wardrobe too. If you want to think about like wardrobe as art or, you know, personal expression, if we're kind of oozing into that zone here, Mm -hmm. like I, once you, if it's like, okay, I've been dressing with like color all year and it's like, I can't handle anymore. I can't have no more color, everything black. Like, you know, there's, there are these, like I, I get, overstimulated by stuff or I get understimulated by stuff and then I need to be re-stimulated by something else. Um, I definitely feel that in in a lot of things when it comes to art and inspiration that is around you. What would your reaction be if I told you that right now I'm wearing uh, black pants and a gray long sleeve shirt? Yeah, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> I think I'm also in a sort of, I can't think about colors right now phase. Because um, what, what I was also thinking about, like, because you can have other things in your home that inspire you that are, you know, designer items. Like you might have things, you know, like I'm always envious of those, the the electric kettles that are like copper coffee pots with a super long spout, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you could have those to evoke a certain feeling uh, just like because they make you happy and you like the design of them. And it made me think you know for some reason we always come back to ikea i'm sure it's it's my swedish fault uh but like <laughs> you know a, everything is designed and we've talked about you know somebody took the picture that's in the ikea frame and somebody designed the armchair and for some reason i still probably wouldn't say like oh i bought this armchair because you know it's it has a design i like like i wouldn't look at it as an art piece maybe in the same way that i might that cool kettle or an interesting handmade 
you know, braided chair or something or braided seat chair or something like that. But it's still, I did choose it specifically because I like the color and I like the shape and it feels sort of vaguely vintage you know? Mm-hmm. So do you think about that stuff? Like things in your home that aren't, you know, in frames on the wall or standing under a little uh, spotlight thingy that everyone also has for all the pedestals in their house oh absolutely (laughs) i mean i i try and make like the stuff in my home to be as cohesive as possible like with itself but but then like sometimes i get um i have to be very careful on how i focus on things because i can get very easily distracted and just be like "Ooh, i love this thing it's this weird like chair and it has crazy upholstery or you know crazy colors or something it looks nothing like anything in my house (laughs) at all right but like you can find places for pieces like that if you are already like thinking about how that could fit in or it could just be all wrong and mess up like the look of everything because you just all of a sudden like lost your mind for a minute and and fell in love with this weird thing. So when I like try and surround my home or like make my home into like a feeling or as the kids say, a vibe, you know, these days, I can't stop saying vibe. I say vibe for everything. I just I can't I can't think of anything else to say besides vibe. It's stupid TikTok. But anyway, it it changes the um, the idea of like how you are feeling in the space. Like if you have mm-hmm. one thing that's like out there, but at the same time, you can totally argue that like, well, you had a feeling towards that and you brought it into your home and like, it's a creative piece that's, that is messing up the space a little bit, but sometimes that can be really fun, you know? So I think there are multiple different types of people when they are looking to design things in their house and like what they want there are people definitely who don't even care and don't think about it for two seconds it's just like i just need a seat to sit in and that is it uh there are people that like designed items and are very focused on like it needs to be like just this one type of chair and that's it like and it has to match and it has to be very specific and then there's like the feeling or like i just you know i guess that's where i'm coming from is like I really like this chair, but it also needs to be super comfortable, but it's like cool and low and round and swivels. And it's like, I feel like this is a new personality test. Like, how do you buy furniture? Yeah, how I think you- it might be like you could totally make a test out of this because it's like, like if, if you had to choose, you know, uh, would you if you could only do one thing, would you, you know, look at it, sit in it, uh, f- look on the underside or find out about the designer if you could only do one of those things yeah exactly how would you choose a chair yeah it's like i need it to feel good i need it to be comfortable and i also need it to like look really good and what i also like too is not having everything like okay i say i I don't like having everything match but i have like a very specific color palette for my house and i shop within that color palette pretty exclusively and I don't really branch outside of it but at the same time it's like well if I'm buying two chairs I am not going to buy them in the same color they are definitely going to be two different color chairs because Mm -hmm. two of the same color chair is boring and so I definitely need like you know different color chairs but you know at the same time it matches all the other chairs in the house because they are all kind of the same color family so that's how I like surround myself I guess I I pick like a color palette that I'm into at the time and it just becomes everything. Do you have anything that you set out in like a, cause I, you know, I, I, you know, bloggers who like hang one of their favorite dresses up outside their closet just to see it and be inspired by it. Or, you know, if you set up a little 
a, a, if you front your books, some of them in the bookshelf, do you have any things that you sort of, uh, you know, decorate in in a, a way to make them more prominent to inspire you? Hmm. I mean, I definitely have like cute shoes that I'll put out like on the sh- like exposed shoe rack, you know, because I like good, that. Right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All the ugly shoes like go away in a bin or like, you know, kind of swept under the rug basically but the cute shoes stay out um i do have like i don't know like little art things like let's say i have um a cool mug that has like tentacles on it that i normally keep my paintbrushes in i will have that (laughs) out instead of in the closet you know like but i'll make sure the stuff that goes in it is kind of like cool looking and it's not like Mm -hmm. my garbage stuff that's all in the closet so so yeah i guess i do like pick and choose i also do that with the um, with my own pieces like the stuff that i make that i really like i'll put them out uh mm-hmm. other stuff that even if i don't like it i just know i'm gonna sell it like i can part with it it's kind of packed away so it doesn't get like dusty and weird um but the stuff that i like i i keep out and like kind of use even though the stuff i make is more sculptural but do you do you keep them out like for inspiration to sort of see them and be inspired or more in the like, I am inspired just by having pretty things around or like to remind myself that art is a thing. I don't know if there's a distinction to that. I maybe both, maybe both. Maybe, maybe. Do you, I mean, do you keep stuff out? Do you have like um, something like sitting on your dress form all the time that like you really love <laughs> when you're not in the process of like actually using it to make stuff? In theory, I, I put things on my dress form. The thing is also sometimes, you know, you'll, I'll be making something where I can get into it because my arms are, you know, can bend weird ways and, and I can squish and the dress form can't. I, I keep thinking that I should have different stuff on it to inspire me. But then I never do because then I'll start using it. But, you yeah, know, because I was thinking, I think what I do is because I, I like having stuff out that I like, but then every now and then I'll be like, well, I don't want this table to have all these different art pieces on it. I will have just one piece on it for a while so that it can be there and I can actually sort of take it in more than if there's like four things that I like there. So uh, it's it's kind of like, okay, you, you, get, the, you get the spotlight <laughs> this week, sort of. So you have more of like a, a rotating stock kind of situation because that keep you like interested. Yeah, and we even rotate paintings, which is partially just because we have so many and it feels, you know, unfair if something that one of us likes isn't up. Uh, so then we'll switch it or if we get something, you know, sometimes just like to rotate uh, kind of like, well, I don't think we're seeing this anymore. If we put it somewhere else, like even just another wall in the same room, we'll like rediscover it. But I don't know if that's so much like a philosophy as it is like, a, oh, we have a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know. Like I, once I find a good spot for something, it never moves. It will die there. Like that is <laughs> it. Like this is where you live forever. If I move it, it's weird. Like then I don't know where it is. Cause I always, I look in areas of my house for like inspiration or if I'm sitting in, you know, art thinking, I will look at something specifically because like, I know that this is there and I like looking at it. Um, and if I move it, then it's not there and it feels weird. And then I don't know where it is. And that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I, I I never move things. Nothing. Everything just stays on the wall as is. It will be there till the end of time. Hmm, interesting. B- before we round out, uh, completely changing the subject again, <laughs> un- unless you have more to more to say on this. Yeah. Uh, are, are you uh, we're recording right before Halloween. Uh, 
Are you dressing up for Halloween? I already dressed up for Halloween. There was a um, a Halloween party last weekend at a, a local place. And I dressed up for the first time in like since high school. I haven't had a, <laughs> I haven't done a real costume maybe ever since I was a kid. So pretty excited about it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to post about it on social media. Um, I'm saving it. I'm saving the post for like closer to Halloween because it felt weird to like post the costume mm-hmm. a week before Halloween. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of saving it. It's fun. I didn't I didn't make it. I shopped for it, but I didn't buy it. If that makes you sense, assembled like, it. Okay, I assembled it from things, and then there was some skill involved with you know the the wigging aspect of it. Uh, is that I'm a word? I'm very curious now. Wiggery? No, I don't know. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm not telling you either then. We will send each other pictures on, on Oh, Halloween, I know what you've been doing because you are super social about it, Matt. That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah, no, I've I've been sewing uh, a Winifred Sanderson costume from Hocus Pocus, but trying to do it in a way where, in theory, the pieces, different pieces are still usable for other things. Very still kind of costumey other things, but both because I know myself and I will, will either you know, try to go super exact detail and like burn out uh, or I will feel like a failure. So if I went into it with the intention of like, this is to, you know, evoke the sense of it. And Mm -hmm. so that everyone who sees me will be like, I know what this is, but it's not like, oh, I've decided to make a a replica. And I've had to promise my sister-in-law that I'm going to put curlers in my hair so that I can do the purple version Mm -hmm. of her hair because I don't want to wear a wig. (laughs) <laughs> that's so awesome though you're doing a great job it's it's so much fun and i'm a little stressed because again i got sick i lost lost a couple of days so now i have started to assemble the sort of velvety overcoat and part of me is like i can line this after i take pictures just to like yeah you can <laughs> like it's because you know i'm not going to any any parties or anything this is just because i gotta be in my bonnet and was like i need to do this so uh we'll report back on on that and uh my my burnout and lack of sleep in the next episode. <laughs> well, it's looking really good. Do you guys have Ren fairs in Sweden? Not really as such. There's a, an island where they have uh, Medieval Week. Oh, there uh, you go. That's the Every same. year. And I was like, I'll go there and sell ceramics. That'll be fun. Yeah, you could totally <laughs> wear that costume for that. It so right? works. And I could make it sort of like hip flasks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like just a little bit of tweaking here and there. And it's like ready for the Ren fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll I'll come to I'll come to New York and we'll do like Ren Fairs and uh New, New York, York has sheep a, and like, wool. New York has like a permanent Ren Fair. Like there is an entire area that is set up as like a Renaissance village and it's just always there, but the Ren Fair only runs like a few weeks, but it's always there. It's So crazy. we can at least get very good pictures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you also have to come during the Ren Fair, it'll be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So you can go and find our show notes over at relay.fm slash make do. And maybe we'll put our Halloween costume stuff up there because by the time this posts, I would have posted my Halloween costume and then you could all see what it is. So curious. Um, And we are also make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our email is make do pod at gmail.com. You can find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S K O T T. And we'll be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do and surround yourself with beautiful, inspirational art. <laughs>